Welcome to Eterna. Keep your dice rolling, your friends close, your monsters closer, and don't let the old gods bite. This podcast is an Eldritch Dream Games production. A dark fantasy Pathfinder game laced deep with cosmic horror. I would like to thank the patrons that make this possible. Brian Bridges, Brian Rafe, Donald Bewley, Eric S. Pat, Robin Mims, Tim Demuse, Undead Fish, and Wesley Sullivan. Stay tuned after our tale to hear what these glorious people have in the works. But for now, let us listen. Last time on Dungeon Ball Z, these motherfuckers finally coalesced and got back to the goddamn inn. All right, everybody, what is everyone doing? I suppose I'm walking into the inn. <laughs> Wild Shadow is probably about to walk out, I think. It's probably about yeah, time. Shadow has, has been hanging out with her peoples. Um, and she would probably try to talk uh, one of them into uh, leading the prayers after the sermon. Uh, void or freedom? Or are you talking about one of the acolytes? Well, yeah, she would she would try to get one of them to do it first. But if not, then she would ask the acolytes. Uh, freedom will do it. But yeah, when it got close to time, she uh, she look around for Leaf uh, and tell him, you know, they're fixing to head to town for her to give her sermon. Okay. Um, I think he would join after checking in on uh, Petunia and whatnot. Uh, Petunia seems to be doing okay as far as it goes. She's obviously uh you know, she's in a better place than she was. Is still a little shaken, but she she seems to be putting herself to some level of work to uh, ensure that she is clothed and uh, not in tattered rags of fruit-rot-infused textiles. So she she's sitting over there with the, a tiny little needle and some tiny little cloths and some tiny little thread going to town. Yeah. Very focused. Uh, if it is apparent that she's going to her uh, sermon thing, Brock will also go. So he would like to hear that as well. Okay. So you walk in, you do the um, Grandpa Simpson thing. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Just uh, following everybody out. Riley, you are left in the inn all alone with a bunch of people well how is uh how is the discourse going with these uh these fine folk that have flocked to my name are we having a merry old time uh yeah i mean in, unless you're just super serious about everything which i find to be unlikely no um <laughs> probably not but yeah, I mean, if spirits are uh, lively and uh, Shadow's heading out to, you know, give a sermon that's obviously important to her, especially if she mentions this to Riley, I don't know if it's actually come up in his presence yet. Um, <laughs> uh, he would at least overhear about it because it's like all she's talked about most of the time she's at the table. 
great. Then, yeah, Riley personally would love to share in that and um, would uh, have an open offer to anyone he's been talking to to come see part of what his guild's all about, the various people that have come together and what Shadow's going to do and talk about. Okay. So you have your uh, your sermon, your thingy. You arrive in the same square in which services were given earlier and people are gathering. As they're walking, just because he literally was just working on it and it would be on his mind, and uh, both Leaf and Shadow are very religious folk, or at least are knowledgeable of such, he would hand them the little sculpture thing that he made of and ask them if they know anything about it. So, religion checks, is that what you're saying? Yavol. Uh, Fifteen. Okay. Leaf? I got an eight. Leaf don't know nothing. You know, Leaf barely recognizes Asmodeus' symbol. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, with a fifteen, you can tell that the internal symbol is that of Asmodeus, uh, but... It seems to be being crushed in a fist. Uh, it is obvious that the star is meant to be damaged. And you can't call it to mind to be the symbol of any organization, religious or otherwise. Uh, but you definitely can see some symbology in it. Uh, it seems to you to be something that's meant to uh, oppose Asmodian. Uh, practices, but that's about all you can, like, there, there's nothing you can call this specifically to mind, but, like, you take your best guess at it, basically. You should be like, I do not know who made this. Uh, I do not know, like, of any group that uses this symbol, but whoever made it, they do not like the dark prince. That is what I thought as well, but the man who was wearing it seemed rather well, you know, not so, like he would people, be wearing this. Yeah, some people, they make up their, uh, they, they, well, I won't say they make up, they form their own, uh, like, cults and stuff like that, and often adapt symbolism for those things, so maybe it is something like that. Like I said, the appearance of the man who was wearing it seemed more like he would be a follower than an opposer. He did not seem like a good person. It's hard to tell, but I wouldn't think so. Then maybe just stay away from this man. And if he bothers you, you tell me. Okay? Well, I have only seen him the once, and he seemed very interested in the alleyway full of blood that we left behind yeah, last time. I do not know. This seems like a very odd thing to be interested in, but uh, who knows? There are odd people in this world, Mr. Leonhardt. I am aware, but if it wasn't for the fact that the alleyway was connected to Riley, I would probably be less concerned. But if this man is investigating that, then whatever he is looking yeah, into, if you see him, if you see him poking around, Mister Morham, you tell me, I will deal with it. I will be sure to do so. Thank you. I tell you a secret, okay? Okay. See, I am, uh, first and foremost, I am a high priestess of Black Butterfly, yes? But I also have another job. I am uh, the Black Butterfly's uh, invisible blade. 
You're an assassin? Uh, not exactly. Assassins, they, uh, they like money and they will work for anybody and kill anybody as long as it is money. It is not like that. The Black Butterfly, though, sometimes she will say there is this tyrant, this slaver, this very, very bad person, and uh, we do not have the armies to take against them, so you go cut head off a snake. Oh, well, I suppose in a sense that is noble work. It is uh, not my favorite thing to do because I do not like to kill people, uh, but uh, sometimes it is has to be done. That is true. Sometimes there are people that do need to be removed. So if this man is uh, bad and is a threat to Mr. Morheim, you tell me, and I will see to it that he cannot hurt him. Well, at th- this point, you know as much as I do. Just uh, be wary. Keep an eye out. I certainly will. Well, about that sermon. Ye. You arrive at the same uh, square in which place the services earlier had taken, and prior to your sermon, a similar sort of like news round is done before uh, you are released to do your sermon. Okay. And she would take Freedom up on the platform with her since he's going to lead the prayers afterwards. Yeah, pretty much she just walk up to address the crowd. Uh, Good evening. My name is Shadow. And I am one of his seven high priests and priestess of the Black Butterfly. Um, you may not know her, but she is a goddess closely related to Desna. And I am very honored to have this chance to speak to you and your community. Uh, today, today we stand in a world very different from the one we have always known. Our once peaceful lives have been replaced by ones full of heartache and pain, and suffering and fear. We have watched as neighbors, friends, and loved ones have been lost, and we live with the knowledge that each day has the potential to bring more bad news. We are forced to make sacrifices that we do not want to make, to make choices between situations we could have not imagined even a month ago. While such a weight on our shoulders, it is only natural that uh, we lose sight of the smaller things and it is easy to become lost in the stress and the pain that surrounds us. I am here today to implore you to fight against this. This world is at war against the darkest of forces. And if you let the darkness creep into your own heart, it has already won no matter how hard we fight against it. When you choose hatred over acceptance, it has won. When you choose rudeness over compassion, it has won. And when you choose selfishness over love, it has won. So long as even one person stands as beacon of hope, love, joy, and compassion, the darkness must fight on. It has not beaten us. If we all stand united, refusing to give in to it, holding each other up, and loving each other despite our differences, it cannot win. You do not have to be a warrior to win this war. You just have to be an emissary of what is good and right, to be hope that gives others something to fight for. When you leave here today and return home, I encourage you to look deep within your own hearts. Find those things within yourself that give you cause for joy. Seek the good in those you might otherwise shun. Treat the stranger you pass by with compassion. It is in these small acts that the path of victory is found. 
and then she will kind of step aside and let freedom lead the prayers. And so he will. There's not really a lot in the way of people that are familiar with these particular prayers, but uh, he eases everyone through it and uh, leads it himself. After uh, the service, uh, there are a few members of the local community that come up and approach both you and Freedom, shake hands, meet. Thank you for coming and speaking and let you know that they thought that the sermon was very good. Yeah, she's just like beaming like a little child who just got a gold sticker on the report card. Okay. (laughs) This is what she loves. Alright. Uh, does anybody else have anything to say in particular about all of this? Yes. I, I think if there's an appropriate moment for like applause or something, Leaf would join in, but otherwise he's just kind of taking it in. Alright. So the time of the service would pass. There wasn't any, you know, new news introduced in the intervening hours between the two services, so Uh, Nothing new there. Various devotees of the Black Butterfly that had accompanied Void and Freedom are speaking with people out in the crowd about various things. They are still gathering as much information as they can, but also just speaking to people about various things, you know, the sermon, their thoughts, ways that they can uh, help in their community etc etc what would everybody like to do next Um, as far as shadow goes she's just gonna let uh, all of her people know that you know when they're when they're through talking to folks whatever they do need to gather back at the end for a meal because she has information she has to pass on to them after everyone had finished and you know everyone was done Brock would actually approach shadow and tell her that he thought the uh her sermon was very moving. Oh, thank you very much. And uh, I know you said uh, one time you would like to know more about the Black Butterfly a little bit, since she is close to Desna, yes? Uh, yes, And uh, many of the alkalites, they carry little books to hand out to people if they are interested. And if you speak to one of them, I'm sure they will give you a little book. Um, uh, yes, I... I would like that. I assume these alkalites are easy to find, like they would be quite notable. Yes, uh, basically, the Silent Seven all have black robes with this real thick silver band around the edging. The alkalite robes have a real thin one, and there's like six of them running around. Then as soon as he's done talking to her, he would actually go find one of them. There there are several of them. There's a half-orc. There's a halfling. There's two humans, an elf, and a hobgoblin. Which one are you going after? So, we're going to go to the halfling so that we can keep things around my height. <laughs> All right. So that way I can have a face-to-face conversation. That would be Diara. This is the, uh, the nightborn... Uh, halfling woman with the black irises with flecks of light within them. I would approach. I was told by Shadow that you had information concerning the black butterfly. 
Uh, yes, I'm... What would you like to know? There's a lot to learn if you don't know much about it. Well, she had mentioned a book that you could give me that I could maybe read. Oh, um, she like kind of like gets up on her tippy toes and looks over and like tries to make eye contact with uh, with Shadow and like raises her book up in the air. Um, yeah, Shadow will walk over and she'll say, uh, "Die the little books that uh, y'all carry to to hand out to people." Oh, okay, like that kind of book. Okay, yeah, she'll hand you a a pamphlet. Uh, he'll take it. And he'll say, though, if there is information that you feel I should know that wouldn't be covered in here, I would be happy to listen. You die. See, uh, Mr. Leonhard, he has been uh, uh, in the presence of Disney and has work to do for her, uh, but he has had uh, limited teachings. And uh, so he wants to learn more. And uh, since our lady is... Uh, her shadow, then uh, there is a lot of common ground. So if you do not have plans tonight, you could perhaps talk with him some. Oh, yes, I can do that. Uh, most certainly. And basically she can, she, she's not the most knowledgeable about super specific stuff on Desna, but she's pretty knowledgeable about the black butterfly. And so there, and of course, there is a lot of crossover between. Yeah. In, in general, you can ask most any question and get an answer. I don't know if there's any specific questions that I have. He would just probably go over the general knowledge of just trying to understand, like, how the two correlate, how they get along. Um, um, well, if there's any interaction between the two. Actually. Yes, there there is, but they tend to each do their own thing, as with most uh, Azadan gods. Um, there is a there is you know a relationship there, and there aren't they are on good terms. Uh, and of course, the black butterfly was spawned uh, by the works of Desna, and. She's not, like, literally her shadow in a sense that, like, her shadow detached or something. She's a reflection of her, in a way. And while Desmond's tend to be very wide worldly travelers that that are very open and whatnot, uh, the black butterfly followers tend to be a little more secretive's not a good way to put it but uh they're not super like out there with things they tend to do things to help others but less in direct view or in less direct ways uh and they are a little more focused on protecting paths of travel than they are making them Okay. So, like, and not in the sense of like roads, like Abadar would be, but like where there are travelers protecting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he'd probably just find a quiet place to just sit down and talk with her and just go over kind of the nuances of each religion. Okay. 
and so you do. With Shadow going back and disseminating information, uh, what what is what is that going to be all about? Um. Well, basically, after dinner, she would gather them. Um, you know, make sure they're all kind of sit at the same table in the house and they can see her. Um, so she can talk to them about meeting the black butterfly and the mission she was given and what she knows and advise them on what she thinks they need to be uh, doing during this time is kind of what she's going to be doing. Okay. And like, if the other members of the party want want to be there, that's fine. Uh, one of the alkalites can translate for them, since all this will be taking place in in sign language. Yay or nay, you two. Fox is doing stuff. Sure, I mean, not Fox. Brock is doing stuff. Fox is probably doing stuff too. Is that but. the new power couple, Brocks? Brocks. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I think I'm safe uh, saying that as much as I'd like to throw Riley in on these plans, um, I actually I think I'd rather put him still intermingling with these newfound faces he has, just to um, keep getting to know them, but also to like introduce them to the caravan that they're going to be guarding and start actually like working on plans and stuff. Okay. Yeah. Upper management material gloss right over me. Uh, Leaf. Have you any plans? Uh, honestly, like his big goal was making sure that Petunia got taken care of, and she seems like she's making do. So I figure he'll give her a little privacy and uh, just keep mingling with Shadow and her folks. Okay. Um, it it seems that uh, Liliana has. By the point that all of this is completed, uh, Liliana has taken her down to uh, the bar uh, to test out her her new clothes and to um, get a like some fresh food because, frankly, Liliana ended up eating most of what was there just because, <laughs> physically speaking, it was going to go cold anyway because there was so much of it. That's fair. Would Box and the Earth Elemental get along and play? Yeah, I think so. I mean, Box is basically a wood elemental. Like, like Box at this point would be like the, like would be like the older one, most definitely, and be like kind of, like mildly annoyed by some things, but at the same time still okay with it. He's trying to plant his roots in that poor Earth Elemental. <laughs> He's rockier than he is dirty. Oh, what did you name the uh, elemental? It's obviously Riley Jr. Hedrick. Hedrick's good. I like that. Is that is that how you say it, Hedrick? Hedriac, Hedrick. Yeah, just I don't know, Hedrick, Hedrick, something like that. I don't know. Hedrick's also not bad. It's after his great, great, great. The one that founded the village that he lives in. Yeah. Or he lived in. So, uh, Hedrick and Box are are playing the f- the like one foot four inch tall rocky boy and the fifteen foot tall 
Woody Boy. See how that goes. Um, well, Hedrick can just literally disappear into the fucking ground. So there's that. I was gonna, I was gonna ask you, since I technically wear a layer of earth on me at all times, can he just like earth meld into my back? Uh, not meaningfully, I don't think. Like, in to to some degree, yes, but like just for like I'd say gripping purposes, it wouldn't oh, like, offer him anything good. Dang. But you can wear him like a backpack. <laughs> I would like to think that is now how he travels with me. <laughs> Just this big lump on your back. What's that? It's I didn't tumor. know that you got a tumor familiar. It's just my hunchback. Come to life. Don't worry about it. Okay, so... Leaf is just... You're hanging out with Petunia and getting her straightened out and whatnot. Yeah, I, like I said, I, I think um, he'd probably be spectating Shadow's rights if, uh, you know, just to, I guess, try and uh, understand what her and her group are about. The, oh God, the Seven Shadows, Silent Seven? The, the seven, Silent Seven, yes. Yeah, that one. Okay, so are, are you asking one of the acolytes to let you in on the conversation that they're having, or...? You know, I, I think more than likely he would uh, do that awkward thing where you don't understand, but you're just happy to be there. Okay. So you sit yeah, silently with the silent people. We're all gathered around making hand gestures at each other. Yeah, he's just kind of like spectating, and if one of them volunteers to translate, then he wouldn't hate it. Uh, but I, I don't think he wants to necessarily impose. He's just, I, okay. I guess, trying to observe what they're about. I'm going to make a roll. That's high enough for somebody to realize that you have no idea what's going on. And I will roll again. And that's going to be... So Zalar, the hobgoblin, um, he like sidles over to you and he starts like, and he is like, ah, hello, our speaking friend here. And he just starts translating for you um, as oh. to what, what they're doing. Oh, thank he you. He's very friendly. Which basically what you would uh, figure out is she, uh, she of course tells them about the uh, three days she spent with the black butterfly and uh, everything she learned from her and she is advising them that uh, when they're through here to return home together the others home and to concentrate on keeping the roads to and from the temple safe for the refugees that will be showing up there and protecting the shadow town at the base of the mountain um, instead of traveling far from home because if she falls, her tattoo will disappear from her arm and will appear on another member's arm and they will have to be able to pick up and carry on. So they need to try to keep themselves safe as possible. And uh, Shadow, why don't you go ahead and roll me a sense motive? A 15. 15. All right. Carry on. Nothing um, special one way or another. Never going to beat my bluff check. <laughs> uh, 
she would explain to them that while she understands things are, are bad, that most of it cannot be fixed while the ring is still broken. And they need to let her concentrate on trying to get the rings fixed while they concentrate on protecting themselves, the temples and the refugees. Because as long as there is one of their orders still remaining, the black butterfly is not going to give up and the tattoo will pass from one person to the next. listening uh, obviously like the, the concept of having to pass the tattoo from one member to the other is kind of like grim and he's trying not to think about you know oh yeah that's right we can totally die pretty much at any moment so uh, I, I think he just kind of like breaks out the rest of the sweet rolls and contemplatively munches on it while waiting offer one to the hobgoblin and thanks for the translation yeah, he, he gladly takes it she would also pass some documents to Frida. Uh, they're basically letters to be handed out to all the members of the Silent Seven. Because, uh, of course, being just whisked away the way she was, she didn't get to say any goodbyes to any of them. And so uh, she's done that in the form of letters for him to take back. Okay, so uh, he will take them. And, uh, like they have inquiries all along the way on. Oh yeah, on I'm sure. Whatnot. But uh, freedoms like yeah, it would be good to travel together for some time at least. We're all heading to the same place, I believe. Yes. Um, the most important thing, though, I think, is going to be it's going to fall to you, freedom, because uh, well, you you have become a father to Grayson and myself. And uh, since it has been hinted that something in my past is connected in some way to all this, and he and I share the same past, if uh, something happens to me, it is very likely the tattoo will pass on to him, and he will have to be strong enough to carry on despite his grief. You must prepare him. I understand. I will certainly do everything I can. I know this is hardest for him because uh, he is the one at home not knowing where I am at and if I am okay. Indeed. And I should hope that such readying will not be needed. This is my hope too. Uh, But uh, we must face the the possibility so that uh, we are prepared and do not fail our lady. Of course. Of course, I don't think that the powers that she's bequeathed to you are anything to take lightly. No. And uh, if you and Void have no objections uh, before everybody retires for the night, in my room she has uh, given me a shrine, and uh, I would like to, to pray with the two of you as it has been a very long time since I had people to pray and meditate with. Of course. You can count me in. Did y'all get rooms? Yes, we were able to uh, acquire a room, and I believe many of our number are uh, going to be utilizing the common room. Well, uh, one or two of you can always stay with me if I do not want to stay in the common rooms. 
If you find that agreeable, that would certainly be nice. It is up to, to uh, you. Uh, y'all can divide up how, how you wish. Of course. I I think that would be nice. But uh, I have uh, many uh, big pillows and blankets and such in my room, so that there is space for one or two more. Well, sounds like it's probably better than a hay bed. It isn't. It it would be my preference to be at home in my own bed, but uh, this is not the option. No, not at all. As it is with any time we travel outward. Yes, I have been very, very homesick. I miss my brother, and I have missed the two of you. And I have missed sneaking in the void room after prayers to sit up all night talking when I'm supposed to go to sleep. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's kind of been a mess back home. So, as far as it goes, there's not a whole lot of people holed up at the sanctuary at the moment. A lot of people going out, doing things, trying to help. The thing, one thing you need to be very careful for, okay? Uh, the village. At the, at the base where the, the house is, um, you know that the uh, there is a very thin veil there that you can pass back and forth between shadow plane, yes? Yes, of course. And the shadow plane, it is uh, suffering ill effects, just like this one. And there are many monsters and all kinds of problems there that are becoming more prevalent. And so some may pass through and endanger the town. And so I think that uh, possibly we need to put some of the uh, more fierce uh, alkalites in the house in the village. Indeed. Okay, and then uh, my brother will say he needs to go because he is big and strong. Uh, You tell him I say he keep his butt at the temple. That is where he needs to be. You know that he's very difficult to, uh, it is very difficult to change his mind. It is very difficult, but it is not impossible. And you tell him, I am going to be very mad and we are going to fight when I get home if he does not listen to me because I know what needs to be done. I'll certainly pass on your message. He will laugh because he thinks I am still 12. But you tell him anything. I will tell him. He is a book. I think they both laugh. All right. So, is I think with that, is there anything else that any of you would like to do before the night is out? Uh, Sean, I would love to go shopping. Well, good thing that that was done in between episodes. Oh, you called my bluff. You're uh-huh. right. Haha. <laughs> Um, no, I do have just a quick question though. Yeah. The people I'm talking to, do they want, what do they want for guiding these people back to Gira? Uh, you know, most of them do seem to expect some form of compensation, but it does also seem that, Jesus, no, <laughs> ten, not 10,000 gold piece of each. Yeah. Um, 
but a lot of them seem to just in their own way be trying to get out of this town they for whatever reason they don't feel like they can get out safely probably just via you know not having numbers to stay safe on the road but mm-hmm. working with another group uh are probably feeling like their odds are better uh you had one that uh that did you know they they did ask for payment uh they're familiar with the area and they were looking for uh let me they were looking for about uh 40 gold for the trip and uh, it seemed it seemed like a kind of steep but also given how dangerous the road is it also seems reasonable in a way okay uh that was, that was for the one and you're looking at a total including the priestess of six people right right so the uh one who's asking for the 40 gold uh Riley's going to attempt to talk him down just so Riley can have more money to funnel into the entire expedition as a whole okay. instead of just paying this guy 40 gold. The way he's going to talk him down is by promises of uh, more work if he does a good job on this one and wants it. Pretty much. Uh, so to counter that, before I make, have you make any rolls, yeah. to counter that, he asks you if you're going to be in town. Or if you two are heading to Gira. Uh, Riley will say that he's not going to Gira if this individual intends to stay in Gira. Obviously, the point is kind of moot. But if this person is uh, motivated by wanderlust or sense of adventure or traveling or heroics, that Riley intends to leave a legacy wherever he goes and that... He feels comfortable saying at least maybe some of the people he's been talking to will follow in that wake. And maybe this man will be one of them. Go ahead and give me a diplomacy. Gladly. I'm going to make it kind of steep, but you're good That's at it. fine. <laughs> I think this is the third 10 I rolled on this die tonight in a row for a 23. It's better than two. <laughs> it is so uh... much better than two. Uh, so yeah, I think I think he'll um, I think you're able to talk him down with uh, with with that reasoning and you know some some connection uh, there uh, to about thirty gold. Okay, so then let's do and, and they like a lot of these people. They understand that gold doesn't go as far as it used to, so equivalencies, items, equipment, things that can be traded and sold count as well as payments. Uh, I don't have a lot of that. <laughs> that Riley's not fancy. Uh, that do- that Riley doesn't like himself to hold on to. Yeah. Um, so let's see. This guy wants 30. So what I'm going to do is uh, Riley's going to offer to pay him half up front and then he's going to have uh, a representative, representative of his pay him the last half of his share upon completion of the quest. Uh, The representative being probably the priestess since uh, she seems to be an upstanding person. Okay. And you don't, you don't want to, uh, to offer him the, the book on Calistrian rights by the bard Wikipedia as payment. (laughs) 
<laughs> You're looking at my inventory to see what I have <laughs> to offer. Yeah. No, because I like I want to run to level twenty, mythic tier ten, and be able to look at my inventory and see that I have this stupid fucking book on Kalistria. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Great. So then, uh, assuming it seems fair to the traveling party, what Riley wants to do is pay this guy fifteen gold, give fifteen gold to the priestess to pay this individual upon completion of the quest, and then, <laughs> if it seems reasonable for funding, let's see, that's thirty. 40 more gold just to the priestess to use to fund the expedition. Okay. Or to pay out the money to whoever seems like they're doing a great job or basically to use as she sees fit. All right. Uh, so she'll, she'll take it. And uh, there's no general sense of like payment equality here. Just dish it out. Uh, uh, that's that's fine. Yeah, Riley says he hands out money all the time based on gut feelings, so he's sure <laughs> she can do the same. All right. Um, during this evening, go ahead and anybody that's near the bar, I would assume Riley being at least one of those, mm-hmm. make me a perception check. I can do that. Anybody else? Boy, can I? Twenty-one. Okay, so Leaf got a 21. What did O'Reilly get? Very solid 27. Okay. So both of you uh, would notice that at at some point during all of this, uh, Mr. Bourne has arrived, uh, father of Nina. And uh, I think that both of you would notice that there's kind of like a hushed conversation at, at a certain point. And uh, they both go in the back room. Uh, now, Leaf, like you would be able to hear that there is talking and that there's some tension, but you don't really hear much anything else other than that. Uh, Riley, you being a bit closer and more ear to the wall, so to speak, uh, notice that they are having an argument in which uh, it seems Nina has made some sort of uh, decision that Mr. Bourne uh, does not like. He he does not seem to agree with it at all, and he is trying to talk her out of whatever the hell it is. Well, that sounds like a personal family thing, so Riley would like to position himself relatively close to the door at which they're having the conversation so he can, you know, casually just kind of listen in. <laughs> okay. Um, the door is behind the counter, so are you are you going to circumvent the counter or just stand as yeah. close as you can? So I, I suppose since they went to the back to have this discussion, what Riley will do is he'll take him he'll out of the kindness of his heart, he'll take it upon himself to man the bar. And in doing so, <laughs> try to eavesdrop. Uh make me a diplomacy check. Sure. Or a bluff. Actually, yeah, make a bluff check because Okay. You're like, you're going to have to tell people that it's okay that you're doing this. That's a 26, my friend. Okay. So, yeah, you get back there and people are like, oh, okay. And this order shit from you while you're spying in. Go ahead and make me another perception. I'm on fire. 26. All right. Uh, So you're catching the tail end of this argument more or less but uh basically it seems that Nina has decided to leave 
Um, she's unhappy, um, basically being trapped in the middle of town. Uh, she she feels like her odds are not really all that much better here than they are outside the walls because what if you know what if the rogue rats come back and like because she's like a fucking she they are like moths and she is the flame when it comes to that shit uh among like because there are others like her and she's like and they're not you know any safer than me and uh he seems to be making some sort of argument about whether or not uh some group of people will even have her along you know what if they abandon her uh like what what if things go wrong it's not safe outside there are monsters and she like counters back with like there are, as, as she and she says as, as as good as some of them are there are monsters here and so on and and so forth but ba- basically um nina like gives up with art the argument at a certain point and she will uh she will walk out of the door uh surprised to see you standing so close um uh and she just excuse me and and like gets out from behind the bar and heads out the front door uh, after which mr Bourne will exit much more slowly he he has an certainly aggravated look on his face uh that does not soften when he approaches you he's like uh Mr. Marheim, can I ask what you're doing behind the bar? Yes, I saw that it was unattended briefly, and I just wanted to make sure that your business did not suffer. I apologize if this was an inconvenience, friend. Uh, no, no, you're, you're fine. Back around you go. Uh, Riley nods, and he'll comply, mostly because he's, I think he's more interested in following up with Nina than he is Mr. Bourne. So he's going to excuse himself um, from the, uh, the the party at large and uh, try to catch Nina as she uh, has already left. All right. Make me a perception check. Uh, 16. 16. Uh, so you go out and you look around and like it's not super crowded around here or anything, but there are a few people milling about. Uh, and all you see is a variety of figures occasionally lit by sconces and whatnot. Uh, you don't seem to take note of where she went. Hmm. Okay. Well, she's been safe so far, so I guess Riley's uh, sense of urgency in following her is going to dwindle a little bit. Um, so uh, he'll head back in, uh, head to the bar, and then uh, basically strike up a conversation with Mr. Bourne to see uh, how things are going. You know, he, uh, Mr. Bourne seems kind of down. What's up, friend? Make, make me a sense motive. That is a wonderful 17. He, he does seem to be in a somewhat foul mood that is not uh, lightened. Um, he does seem to still be, you know, he he's, he's, he's aware he's upset. He's trying to still be at least polite. And and whatnot, but uh, he he does not seem to be a very happy camper. Mm. Oh, Mister Bourne, Riley will swirl whatever beverage is in front of him, even if it's not his, and uh, <laughs> carry on by saying, "You seem to wear your heart on your sleeves. 
Might I ask what's troubling you this evening? Uh, well, I suppose it's not hard to tell that it's something to do with Nina. She did storm out. I don't want to get into it too much, Mr. Moran. But perhaps, if it's at all possible, I could ask a favor of you. Many things are possible. By all means. Would it be at all possible if you were to leave town tonight? Um, and why is that? He kind of, uh, like, kind of screws up his face a bit. He, It's obvious he doesn't really want to say, go ahead and give me a diplomacy. Oh, good. There's a low roll. Uh, I just got a total of 16. Um, it's still high enough. So, great. <laughs> he'll, he'll kind of apprehensively... Uh, be like, it's Nina. She's, she's not wanting to stay here anymore. And as much as I'd like to respect her wishes on that, it's, it's far too dangerous for her to go outside. It's, there between the Rat Guard and the monsters beyond the walls. It's, it's too much. And she's convinced that she can tag along with you and, and your bunch whenever you leave town. And if you don't give her that opportunity, she can't do it. Uh, Riley will slowly nod. Out of game question, how old is Nina? She's in her late teens. Okay, well, that's uh, that doesn't help a lot because Riley's only like one or two years older than she is. So, <laughs> um, I mean, you, you get the drift that he's being protective of his daughter in a very dangerous world. So... Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I think both myself and Riley get probably both sides of the argument. Um, so Riley will uh, listen to Mr. Bourne's concerns and say, uh, I can't really just gather up everything and move my guild out of here on a moment's notice. There's many strings attached to our presence here, and I need to make sure that the people who came with us from Gira are set and can leave safely and securely. And my friends, they might have some unfinished business that they'd like to tie up unfortunately moving immediately is a little bit difficult to do however mr Bourne, i would be more than happy to have a discussion with nina to uh see what's really eating at her heart perhaps i can dissuade her or at least see what she truly wants out of life i'd appreciate that perhaps you can talk more sense into her than i can i i thought it was too long a shot to ask but ask I did and I'm not surprised with your answer it's it was less than less than kind of me to ask no harm take anything you could offer on that front Mr. Morheim you've already done a lot for us and I'm grateful I, I know what it's like to care about the safety of someone else someone that's really close to you I also know what it feels like to hear the call of the roads and to feel drawn elsewhere. But either way, I feel like if this is a problem, I would need to have words with Nina herself to press her, to talk to her, to see where her mind's at. Of course. She's she's not a fighter. She's no experience with blade, not hammer, shield or armor. She's, She's... She's not an adventurer. She's been here her whole life. 
I don't, I don't think she understands exactly what's out there. She's not seen the beasts. She's not seen what they do to the people and things they feel. Riley just kind of, uh, like, I don't know, I, I size a little bit. Um, and, like, a couple of the things he wants to say immediately, he stops himself from saying. And um, I guess he settles on um, the, this world we live in now is it's dangerous through and through even in the walls here there's were rats lurking most of them for the cause of the community but there's goblins capturing quarterlings there's any number of unknown dangers out there and not everyone's born fighters no but through necessity they learn sometimes there's passion that breathes into this learning. Sometimes it is just necessity. Riley kind of shrugs and says, Mr. Bourne, I will need to talk to your daughter. If you don't mind, I will attempt to find her, hopefully at your home. It's it's outside. She stays here now. I don't know where she's run off to. She 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 can't go there. It it's too dangerous. It, if she has uh, it it could be a disaster. All the more reason to try to track her down, then. Of course, please. I'll I'll keep things on watch around here. Please go go see if you can find her. Of course. Uh, Riley will finish whatever drink he picked up, and um, let's see. Uh, Lisa Druid, do you actually have tracking, or can you track at all? I can. Technically, anyone can. Slightly. <laughs> yeah. Rangers are the ones that get really good at it. Right, okay. Um, I can also yeah. summon creatures with scent. Okay, alright. Yeah, I, I think the uh, Riley Leaf combo is a pretty powerful one, and uh, Leaf gen- generally has a good heart. So Riley is going to think about just going off on his own to find Nina, really contemplate it a little bit, but then kind of figure he'd have better eye- or better chances of tracking her down and maybe better chances of keeping both himself and her in line if uh, he invites Leaf along. So he'll uh, head over to Leaf and kind of ask for uh, his company for a moment. Is this uh, related to uh, my just seeing Nina storm out? Yes, the short of it, Leaf, is that Nina wishes to escape the confines of the confines and the dangers of the city, and she has it in her head to... Uh, potentially follow us when we leave. Mr. Bourne, of course, doesn't want any of it. And I've heard his side, and I've heard the uh, concern in his heart, but I've yet to hear, hear what Nina has to say. I've not been able to see where she ran off to, so I'm hoping for maybe to borrow the use of your elven ears and eyes. I, I, I can certainly help uh, along those lines. Uh, course shadow you're right here so you can hear all this too so yeah if you need me to help i can move very fast i can cover a lot of ground oh well can you track someone in a city perhaps i'm not necessarily the best but i am capable and also freedom could send out his butterflies i don't want to inconvenience you or your friends but if you... it is not inconvenience to help people that's fair. Then, yes, thank you. That'd be appreciated. 
This was the young lady that just left that's been behind the counter, yes? Yes, Indeed. this is what we are looking for. All right. I'll see what I can do on that front. Uh, and he will... Uh, the butterflies that are just, like, uh, alighted around the room uh, begin to flutter a- into a into a uh, shimmering cloud and head out an open window. That will make Shadow giggle. Tell me, how could I learn to do that? You have to be a druid. Oh. Leaf, you can teach me how to do that, right? Uh, if you have the patience to learn? I have... Okay, maybe not. <laughs> Wait. Wait, you want to come with me and help me look for the girl? Sure. I'm not doing much else. And you like my company? Of course. I am your favorite person. Uh, if we're all going, what about your... Uh... Hey, uh... Brock. Brock Daddy. Oh, Brock's here. That's right. Oh, is Brock at the tavern? Yeah, he's in the corner. Oh, is he? Talking with uh, Diara. Oh, did they go back to the tavern for that? I didn't think I was there. No, you're going to stand in the square for four fucking hours talking. No, but His name is Mr. Leonhard, and you do not call him Brock Daddy. That is rude. (laughs) You do not be rude, Void. Is accurate. Is he or is he not, not Rock Daddy? Do not be rude, Void. It is not, not nice. Is, is it rude? Is it rude? Does anybody else here think it's rude? No? Wait. No. no. Behave. Riley's dying in a corner. He's just laughing to himself. <laughs> R- rudeness is a social construct. And so if this society. Did you listen to the sermon I gave? Did you listen? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, is it rude? I believe I had Brock no is mouth. the final arbiter on that. <laughs> well, so I asked Brock. him. He hasn't responded. <laughs> I have no real opinion on the matter. Do you accept the title of Rock Daddy? I would rather not. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, I think I think the whole idea was uh, to see if he wants to go help out. Uh, yeah, if he's tree. actually in the tavern, then yeah, he would definitely agree to go. Yeah. There, look. See? More hands, more help. I did not say he should not help. I said you should redress him by his name. Okay, so I'll change one letter and drop a word. Brock, you coming? Yes. I apologize. <laughs> Void is just like this, and you get used to it. He does not mean to be a nice he just is sometimes but it is okay he has the most beautiful smile he rolls his eyes it is fine but I have been called worse <laughs> yes but if you put up with his uh, little BS then uh, he will just continue you have to stop him I, it does not bother me enough to be concerned with it I put up Riley often enough. If I was tall enough, I'd smack him in the back of the head, but I am not. If we may, I'd like to get a look on for Nina before she can get too far away. Okay, yes, let's go do this. Alright, so uh, everybody make me either a survival or nope. a gather information check. That I can do. Uh, I don't think I've got it either of those. 19 survival. All right. Yeah, it's an 11. 
Uh, if it helps, though, as we're traveling, Brock will be using his uh, tremor sense to try and, you know, just, you know, find her that way. Okay. If it helps, Riley got a 31 gathering. All right. So I think uh, for a short while, at least, both Leaf and... Uh, and Shadow are able to kind of, like, follow an assumed set of tracks. Uh, but after a little while, it does kind of just fade into intermixed tracks. This ground here is not ultra soft at the moment, uh, but it's also not raining uh, currently. Uh, so all of these footsteps kind of run into each other, or footprints uh, run into each other. But... Uh, Riley, it, once you get to that area, you start asking around, seeing if anybody's seen her, like, to those who don't know her off the top of their head, you describe her, and ask around and figure out another general direction that she went. So, following that information and another string of people who happen to be, like, stable in the area, they're not just walking around, like, you ask guards, you ask storefronts, stuff like that. And you are eventually led to another inn called the Silvered Nut. Okay. Uh, it says uh, on the front, it says, we are currently out of our famous nut pies. Please Currently stop. only serving. <laughs> I'm quitting the podcast. This is it. <laughs> but this is where uh, you have gathered that she has she is headed well alright um yeah I'm assuming that the whole like uh scouting party like just kept in communication as we moved out so Riley will tell his nearest ally his findings and then they'll tell their nearest ally etc 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 but uh Riley will at least move forth to attempt to find the Nina okay yeah I I feel like once y'all kind of hitched on and we're following a trail of people. I don't think people spread out too much. That's fair. So you you conglomerate. You head into the Silvered Nut and uh, it's got a slightly homier uh, ambiance than uh, the stacked dish does. It's a little bit dimmer but also a little more uh, rustic, less generalized. It's kind of lodgy in its uh, aesthetic um, but it's also significantly smaller like this is like a maybe six or eight room in with um, a slightly larger two-tiered common room and there's a handful of people around uh, you do not see Nina upon entry great uh, Riley's first, first course of action uh, assuming he doesn't as you said see her anywhere would be to uh, head up to the bar and uh, see if maybe they can uh, point him in the right direction. As you move further in, and I imagine you keep an eye out, uh, go ahead and roll me a perception. On fire, 29. Alright, so you're moving forward toward the bar uh, at which you pass through the middle of the room and are able to see up onto the balcony, like the ring balcony of the second floor. Um, noticing just before you reach the bar, uh, young Miss Nina sitting at a table, 
with a big mug in front of her and her head down on the table. Hmm. Riley will uh, gesture to his companions. Um, actually, he'll go over to his companions and point out her location and say, um, well, we found her. I intend to have some words with her. I don't know how intoxicated she might be, but... Uh, it hasn't been a- that long. Like it, It's been like maybe like 10 15 minutes and part of that's going to be travel time anyway so i don't know i can get pretty drunk in five minutes but that's fine so (laughs) i mean they don't usually serve whiskey and big ass mugs but oh so it's a bad in tavern okay that's fine it's a bad (laughs) (laughs) um but anyone who wishes to share in this conversation may come with me otherwise I suggest enjoying yourselves at this new tavern. See what they have to uh, offer for food. Uh, Brock will go. I think Shadow will follow Riley. Okay. Uh, Leaf? If everybody's going, then Leaf has to go. Okay. Okay. Uh, Um, Void will join as well. Uh, And so you all head up to the second floor of the Silver Nut and approach the table... Alone at which is laid her head down, Nina Bourne, the bartending lady of the stacked dish, betraying her father by going (laughs) to another inn. And that's Uh, where we'll leave it. Great. Until next time. Perfect. Oh, I'm going to pour her a big glass of water. (laughs) (laughs) Got to stay hydrated. Good on you. Good on you. Hi there. My name's Don. I'm a proud patron of this podcast you just listened to. I'd like to take a moment to talk about some of the projects that I work on. When I'm not listening to Tracy, Sean, and the rest of the gang tell wonderful stories using the Pathfinder rules, I like to make podcasts of my own. I'm the GM in the Starfinder homebrew adventure Hexgrid Heroes. On the other side of the GM screen, I play Cory in Pokemon Seicho and Peleus in Ashes and Allomancy. I also like to sit around and talk with my friends about how horror movies can be used in a haunted house setting, and for that, check out Fountain of Fear. All of these podcasts can be found at hexgridheroes.com. Hey everyone, thank you for listening to this episode. I'm Brian, I run Action Forge, a tabletop RPG YouTube channel where we dive into all sorts of topics. If you want to learn more, head over there and check it out. Also, if you want updates on all my various projects and some awesome tabletop RPG memes, go ahead and check me out over at Twitter where I'm at Action Forge. Good day, this is Dick Horney, inviting you to explore the world of Dustress a unique homebrew setting within an Elder's Dream Games universe. Come along as the Hive Queen leads a gambler. Cowboy motherfucker with six shooter. I ain't never moved cattle in my life. I am a gambler. A Native American. He he doesn't have a lifetime of eating processed food, so he probably is actually quite regular. And a Detroit teenager. Okay, so we're rolling into elves, aliens, and troll dolls through discovery of new magical abilities, struggle with the reality of unknown gods, and maybe learn a little bit about themselves along the way. Visit Eldritch Dream and Duster's Podcast on Twitter for details. They took to the stars and became stars. So it says here you're from another galaxy? Yeah, Milky Way. 
I don't think I'm ever going to get used to saying that. A band that influenced entire galaxies. Sector 8, let's make some... Until their inevitable downfall. Fuck you, and fuck you too, Switzerland. Thanks for having my fucking back. Now, 20 years later, they find themselves unpleasantly reunited. James, what are you doing here? We're an entire motherfucking galaxy and you show up on this place. In a place where things are not what they expected. One of our staff members just happened to go missing this morning and uh, I kind of had to... Travis? I understand. Why the uh, fuck do you have a guitar? (laughs) (laughs) LCP D&D presents Odyssey, a musical actual play adventure set in space using the Savage World system. Listen in by searching for LCP D&D on your favorite podcast platform or find us at lcpdnd.com. Welcome, Forsaken Travelers. Do you like sci-fi fantasy atmosphere? Do you like bad, scary movies, cult classics, and more? The Crow, Beetlejuice, Frankenstein? What about dad jokes? We have those, too. Tune in to the podcast for the untimely dead every other Sunday on your favorite podcast app. We'll see you there. If you would like to become a patron, check us out on patreon.com forward slash Eldritchstream. Also, if you like the show, give us a review on iTunes. You can also find us in the Hive, that's our Discord, link in the description below. You can also find a link to our merch on sonerdware.com. And find us on Twitter, at Eldritchstream, at Eternap, and at Dustress Podcast. And until next time, everybody... May the Elder Gods haunt your dreams.